glanced at the girls, girls glanced at me. I whispered in their ear, wanna be with me? You wanna look pretty though, in my video. Old Dirty on the hat and I let you all know, just dance! If you caught up in the Holy Ghost trance, if you stop, I'ma put the killer ants in your pants! I'm the ODB, as you can see! Every eye, don't you be watching me! I don't want no problems, cause I put you down in the ground where you cannot be found! I'm just Dirt Dog! Trying to make some money! So give me my streaks! And give me my money! Hey, Dirty! Baby, I got your money, don't you worry. Say hey! Baby, I got your money. Yeah! Yeah! Continue podcast! Woo! Oh, I had way too much coffee before we sat down to do this today. That is clear, my friend. It happened. Hello, everybody. because we're doing this an hour earlier than we normally do, so you got all the energy. Yeah. I actually, like... I, I'm when we typically record, it is at a point of the day that I'm starting like a downward slide in my brain. I don't know if that ever comes through. Oh yeah. Where like I'm starting to truly get punchy, but now it's way earlier, so I'm feeling it. Uh welcome to the Continue Podcast. This is episode sixteen. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and I got them fat rhymes because fat P-H-A-T is still a word that's used oh, yeah. in, Absolutely. in public. The 90s are back. I don't... <laughs> Aww, damn it. Gonna go get some Jinkos at Urban Outfitters. I honestly, like, my biggest problem with 90s nostalgia is that I was really enjoying, enjoying the things that nobody else enjoyed. Now... Oh, sweetie, that's still true. Yeah, I know. But the... Okay. I enjoyed the world when I could go buy a new Super Nintendo game and it was like $15. Oh, I see. And not $9,000. You know, I want to be able to buy a Jane's Addiction album on vinyl and not have it cost one of my kidneys when I've already gotten rid of one of my kidneys. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, That person that you hear commiserating with me is none other than Susan Arndt. Hello, Susan. I, uh... I ain't got your money. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, just... I gotta tell you, it's hard to pick. It's a, it's hard to pick out a verse from "Baby, I Got Your Money" that I'm allowed to sing. Fair, because yeah, <laughs> because it gets. I ODB's lyrics are not what a 36 year old white man no. gets to spout oh, off. No. So, so the name is uh, is appropriate. Yes, yes, it's, it's, uh, I mean, he was, I am now, on Wednesday, I will turn the age that ODB was when he died. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. That'll give you a He died at 36 years old. He was a young man. That is young. You know, but he, Dirt lived, lived life to the fullest. He lived hard. If you have that many names. That's true. That's true. He liked it raw. (laughs) He liked it raw. Uh, he also... Did he OD? I don't know if he... What? Did he, what did he die from? Shot? OD? He, 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 his body just sort of collapsed. Mm. Uh, wow. a, a, a alcohol-induced liver failure, a bunch of different things. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. ODB. So he was like pouring it on his Cheerios in the morning. Yeah. He's yeah. stirring it into his latte. He also, he tried, he, 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 he tried to get sober. Before he died, mm-hmm. I and you know it just uh, like yeah, I, I 
spending 15 years basically never sleeping and smoking gotcha. an inordinate amount of crack cocaine <laughs> would really... What is an ordinate amount <laughs> of crack? Now that I think about a it. Sous-saw. A sous-saw. A sous-saw. Just a, de- just just a, little, a smidge. An aperitif. Just a little scotch. A whisper of crack a cocaine. S- it's what all the bros in the tech, in the, in the Bitcoin scene are doing. They're microdosing. They're, you know, uh. they, you put a nice crack cocaine foam alongside your poached salmon and asparagus. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a creme brulee with a nice crack demi-glaze. Uh. <laughs> you know what's coming. They're going to gentrify crack cocaine. Oh, They're heck just yeah. Gonna, yeah, it's gonna happen. Wait a minute, but isn't uh, gentrified crack just coke? Mm-mm. Mm. No, because you need a new name for it. Mm. Because crack, crack It's new is, coke! <laughs> yeah, it's... It's new coke! <laughs> this time the brand will work! <laughs> we got it, everybody! We fixed coke! We fixed new coke! The coke sins of the past it. have been solved. Uh, no, you need... You just need to rebrand it. You okay. need, like... It, it's in the same way that ecstasy became Molly five years ago, just because right. kids needed to continue being stupid. Yeah. I like. Yeah. It, why is ecstasy called Molly now? Because children are insufferable. Our future. Um, they, <laughs> how have we never done? I believe. The I don't. Of the you're future. the one who's in charge. Yeah, of you jams. pick the list, dude. Oh my god, I can't. It's just one of she those lines. Well, let, let them lead the way. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> let them lead the way. That boy is good. Uh, <laughs> Randy Watson. Uh, <laughs> you said you said sexual chocolate. I did. And now I'm just thinking of Randy Watson. Okay. That's also uh, a Halloween costume that I want to pull off and can't. I want like the blue leisure suit. I want a huge soul glow wig, and yeah. I just it'll never happen. Dave Roberts is also yeah. the Staff Roberts of this show. Staff Roberts of your hearts and minds, folks. That's true. Of all the places. <laughs> Dave, how you living, man? Uh, you know, uh, just got back from, uh, basically we drove uh, the five-hour trip to Walla Walla, Washington, which is never going to be, like, not fun to say. Yeah, uh, On true. Friday, stayed the night, saw the place at 9.30 in the morning, drove back five hours, like, immediately after... Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm moving. It's gonna happen. You're feeling it? Yeah, I'm feeling it. This is this is where you're gonna open the one screen theater. Yeah, the one screen someday. Movie theater. Someday, I would magically. go to that place. I would go I would to that place there. too. So <laughs> I would go see the films there in the film place. Uh, so this is not a podcast about crack cocaine, well, which I know. Well. Will, I, yeah, you know. <laughs> It sounds disrespectful to crack cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> but it comes from a place of love. Uh, this is this is uh, the Continue Podcast, which is po- primarily about video games and pop culture and all the things that we like to talk about with each other when we're not recording ourselves. Susan, you've been playing a game that I had never heard of until mm. you mentioned it, and it looks freaking cool. It's called The Final Station. And it is freaking cool, in fact. Uh, so I went on a journey... With this game, I first uh, I, I wanted to play it, but it wasn't available for Mac, and that or it was available for Mac and it didn't run very well, something like that. And then it came to PS4, and I tried to play it on the PS4. And uh, the the highlight color for menu options didn't show up well enough, so I was constantly chick picking the wrong thing. 
uh, including whether or not I wanted to save the game or start a new one. Oh, problematic. That happened three times. Uh, so I was like, mm, we're done on that. So now it has come to Switch, where it works beautifully, and I finally got the opportunity to play it, and it's real cool. It is a side-scrolling adventure. It is the time of the second visitation, and you are the driver of the last functioning train. So uh, the army and scientists enlist your help to get things back and forth. And while you're making your way uh, across the country, you're also picking up survivors and taking them to uh, places of safety. There wait, are, wait, you're Ed Harris? Yes. <laughs> you're Ed. Well, who doesn't want to be Ed Harris, really? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Is it your train? Did you do you just run the train? You, you're, you just train? run the train. You just run the you train. You just run the train. And uh, there are these inky black creatures roaming around. Uh, there's a safety system installed that stops your train every so often. So what you have to do is you have to go into town, find the code that will clear the lock and let you continue on your way. So as hmm. you're, you're going through town, you are confronting these, these black oily creatures and you only have so much ammunition. Very, very limited supplies. So it's, do you shoot them? Do you melee them? Do you just try to avoid them altogether? And that's when you're you're finding survivors and, and uh, some of the notes and computer entries that fill in a little bit of the story here and there. When you get the survivors on your train, they need food, they need first aid, or both. Because they can die en route to wherever you're going. If you get them there alive, you get a reward of some kind. Maybe it's money, maybe it's supplies, uh, whatever. If they die, you, you don't. But mm. then again, if you give them a first aid kit, that means it won't be there for you to use mm. while you're out exploring the town. Is any of this randomized? Is this all set? Uh, like, it's all you... set, I believe. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And uh, it's just this, it's real cool. Each town you go through, it's all 2D. Uh, so you're doing things like climbing ladders and shimmying down poles and going through little labyrinthine uh, areas. And what's, what's really cool about it to me, what I like about it, it doesn't tell you the whole story. Hmm. You get key details along the way. You know it's the time of the second visitation. You know uh, that parts of the, they've lost uh, communication with parts of the country. They haven't heard from the north. The way to the south is blocked. You will go by in your train. You will see things in the background like an enormous robot hand or, you know, destroyed buildings. And the passengers on your train will be having conversations about what's going on that you listen in on. Oh, and by the way, uh, the train, a little broken. So you'll have to be repairing parts of it along the way. So you're repairing the train while making sure your people aren't aren't dying while you're getting to your next destination. And so, yeah. I, I'm curious about like the loop because it sounds like it's a classic sort of side-scrolling scenario mm -hmm. where it's level by level by level. Yes. But if, you know, Say you're in transit mm -hmm. and the train breaks down. Mm -hmm. Do you see a game over screen and I, then you have to go back to a checkpoint? Yes. Or... Yes. All right. Like if, if the, if it overheats and, and the engine blows, then checkpoint, go back, try again. If you die. So it's very classically strong. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Go back in town. If you die in town, go back to your last checkpoint. Cool. Yes. Huh. All right. 
Um, is it hard? It, that depends partly on how much you're interested in collecting survivors and okay. getting them to their destination in one place. That absolutely makes it more difficult. If you're trying to see everything and, and read all the notes and all that, that makes it much harder than uh, it would be otherwise. Once you understand how the combat works, hmm. which the, the first two times I tried playing it, that did not come through at all. So I was just <laughs> dying constantly. Uh, like, for example, you change direction with the right thumbstick, like whether you're facing left or facing right, which that was never, that's never communicated to you. You just kind mm. of discover it. Uh, but yeah, once you, once you get the controls down, then it's, it's not, a, it's not a crushing difficulty, but it's certainly challenging. This sounds, it, it, I know that your, your tolerance for side scrolling sort of classic yeah. game yeah. holds is very, very limited. Yes. I, it's why I asked about the difficulty is because usually if something, you know, the, the sort of famous example, uh, in the history of this podcast is Shovel Knight. Oh, you, fuck you Shovel Knight. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> Shovel Knight doesn't explicitly tell you no. about some controls much in the same way that this aiming mechanic works. I, and I would say, in that first level, you were like, fuck this game. I'm I done. was. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I owned Shovel Knight for all about 10 minutes because fuck that game. Um, but uh, this, I, I feel like if you, um, if you enjoy Mega Man, you will find this ridiculously easy. I oh, think. okay. All right. Yeah. So you're there more for the atmosphere and the story. And there's DLC also, which I have not played yet, uh, in which you are a completely different character and you're not on a train, you're driving a car. Hmm. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not real sure how that plays out yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to it just based on my experience with the train part. Uh, I, I really dig that there's the, the storytelling is not explicit. Yeah. I really, yeah. really dig that. Because, I mean, you get the stuff that matters. You get that shit is hitting the fan. You get mm -hmm. that, you know, you did everybody, like, grab your socks and get to the get to the shelter because things are happening, which is all you really need to know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the fact that it's the second visitation just adds this whole layer to it. Yeah. I, well, that was my very first thought was, yeah. okay, what's the first visitation? Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, unless they're just, like, being cool. Like, ladies and gentlemen, this national crisis is named because it's dope. <laughs> just everybody get to your evacuation centers. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about this as a trio. Uh, you know, we've skirted around this subject when we've talked about games and movies that were all sort of burnt out on apocalypses I'm not at this good. point. Well, this, this, I, you consume. A lot of post-apocalyptic material. I do. Not just games. Yeah, that's know? true. Uh, even you, like even outside of traditional media, you know, um, something you and I did together was Run Zombies Run. Yeah, which was like a a, a running uh, ARG wherein you listen to a sort of teleplay uh, about a zombie apocalypse mm -hmm. as you go for running, and I I feel like you're your taste for this is rarefied at this point. Mm. You, know, you you have a sommelier's palate for an apocalyptic scenario. That's true. 
And, you know, it sounds like this one's working for you. Is it just the fact that it's not very explicit about the details or what else does it nail about the atmosphere? Well, I like that. It, well, it's not zombies, first of That's all, which best. is which is really <laughs> great. And uh, the the I do like that it's not explicit. I do like that it doesn't rely on the typical tropes like the army and the scientists aren't idiots or assholes. Mm. They're doing the best they can with what they got. And they're making cool. decisions based on what they can do. And just the, the way everybody communicates in the game with, a, I mean, this is clearly localized. So there are some language barrier issues, uh, but by and large, everybody communicates the way people would in, in a hmm. situation like this. Like if, if this is a thing that has already happened before and is happening again, or a different version of it is happening. It's not the panic so much as it is a, okay, what do we got to do? Where do we got to go? Like, what's the situation? Let's, we need information. What's going on? So I really, I really like that about it. Um, and, and you bring up movies. This would make an amazing movie. It sounds like, uh, well, I mean, I made, I, I made the Ed Harris crack. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously Snowpiercer is the yeah. first thing that comes to mind with yeah. the setup, but it's I, it, like any, anything that, <clears throat> One of the things that I always like to say about post-apocalyptic fantasies is people are always like, yeah, man, you know, I always just like wonder what it would be like. And I, I love boiling down that fantasy mm -hmm. because the what the what the fantasy is with an apocalyptic scenario is it's a fantasy about certainty. Yeah, because, you know, you don't you all of your choices, your daily life is just a barrage of choices and you have to make decisions even as simple as what am I going to have for breakfast and making decisions is hard. Yep. Being a human being is hard. Yep. And apocalypse is like, there is no choice. And the more certain you can make that scenario, the more interesting it is to, to play in the fantasy. Right. So saying like, Oh, well it's not just like some shit went down. There's some shit went down and you need to keep a train running yeah. or, you know, you have to stay underground, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I tell me a little bit more about the monsters, like besides like oily black. Okay, so there's three different forms. One is this kind of short, really fast octopusy kind of thing that sort of scuttles along the floor at you cool. like super quick. And then you've got your uh, human-sized ones uh, that will wreck your shit if they get close enough. Just wreck it. And uh, then there are some who are wearing armor. So first you have to remove their helmets before you can do any damage to them at all. And so what I, what I enjoy doing with those is uh, you get on a ladder, you wait until they walk close to you, and then you punch them in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then you run up the ladder until they walk away, and then you come back down the ladder, and you line up and snipe them in the head. Boom. This is a lot more like platformery, shootery than I thought it was going to be. There's no jumping. There's no jumping. No jumping. But there is climbing. There's, oh yes, yes. You are going up and down ladders. You are uh, shimming up and down poles. Everything is very. Uh, it, it's it's a you know back and forth, back and forth network. What you're doing is going all the way into the town, finding the code that you need to unlock the lock so the train can continue, and then making it back to your train. And there's this cool. whole network of tunnels and halls and buildings uh, that you go through to do, to achieve that. And then when you're at the, the uh, safe zones, 
because you will you you can only pick up a max of six passengers. So once you have found your sixth survivor, you know there's a town coming up. Hmm. You get off in town. You can uh, buy supplies. You sell off the because you can pick up stuff that you automatically resell to put cash in your pocket and then you can buy more food or more ammunition or the stuff that you can craft into uh first aid kits and ammunition or whatever and uh or you can buy a newspaper to find out what's going on in the world that's awesome yeah that is great yeah 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 yeah. do you get to do you get to see the paper yep do you get like ah that's great yeah that's so good yeah i love that it's really really cool and there's a lot of the storytelling is not direct. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, Oh, this, this oh, 30 years ago, this thing happened. Bah, 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 bah. It's all, you know, implied or you have to, you know, intuit like, okay, you'll, you'll get communications from between coworkers. Like, Hey, aren't you coming in today? Like I, I, I'm, I'm running a little late. I'm going to pick up this. It's, okay. Well get some coffee while you're out. And then you find out you find that person out in the world. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. It, it's cool. It's really really cool. It's it is very clearly an indie game. It is it is not quite as robust as you want it to be. Um, like for example, only one system on the train is ever breaking at a time, hmm. so you don't have to run it back and forth, and and organize it. You can just stay in place and just fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. So that's not as hard as it, it could and probably should be. Um, the, the combat uh, does not advance significantly. So it, it's a, it's a simple uh, experience, but I, I just absolutely loved it. Highly yeah, recommend it. Listening, listening to you go through this description, it's pathetic that my very first thought is, I'd really just kill for a poorly optimized, difficult to read Vita version of this. Oh, I know. <laughs> it I know. Sounds it sounds Vita as hell. Um, it it is like, very Vita, yes. T- tangentially related. Uh, so in the past few days, uh, Days Gone, mm. the the Sony Bend post apocalyptic game uh, that's half Walking Dead, half. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it got delayed. I would say half day Z. Half day Z. Yeah. Half day Z and uh, half Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Got delayed into 2019. Where it's going to... Ch- I don't know what you guys are doing. Putting that game out in the same year as Last of Us Part 2. <sighs> I mean, it wasn't really tracking well with people in the first place. but Well, it... <sighs> Here's the thing. I, I Okay, Last of Us is very much a sneaky game. Yes. Yeah, they're and, very different And things. Days Gone is very much not a sneaky game. Yeah, and Days Gone is very, like, a systems thing. It's, yes. It's, yeah. you know, make all these huge zombie hordes do all these zombie right, things. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're both, po- both po- post-apocalyptic and both zombie-adjacent? They're zombie games. There, there are... There are people that have turned into things that eat people now, right? Yeah, but the like, wait, do clickers eat people? Yeah, clickers eat people. They okay. bite you and then you turn into them. Yeah, but that's not eating. They they snack on you. Okay, they just. I feel like little, little, uh, yeah, they're a little peckish. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, you know yeah, okay. what we all would go really good with this person? <laughs> a little crack. Shut the <laughs> little, <laughs> little crack. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Just a little crack to go with this person. Mm. Mm. <laughs> when the mutton's nice and lean. When the mutton's <laughs> nice and lean. I feel like it, Days Gone's first DLC should be called Have Fun Storm in the Castle. Like, <laughs> number one. <laughs> with a bullet. And then your biker's name is Humperdink. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole milieu. I, I bring it up just because I, I feel like, for me, I need a final station scenario to be really drawn to a post-apocalyptic game at this point. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I just, I don't, I, hearing that zombies are going to be in a thing, like Ubisoft last week was like, eh, there's going to be zombies DLC for Far Cry 5. I'm like, don't. I was interested in your yeah. game before. Yeah. Like uh, Metal Gear Survive. Like, Ugh. yeah, right? Okay, but I, don't they have like great big gems sticking out their heads though? Right, yeah. yeah. They don't really that. eat you. Yeah. They're just, they're dumb like zombies. But like, I, but I totally get what you're saying because honestly, I'm, I'm not really necessarily on board for Last of Us 2, frankly, because what, what made that game so special to me is okay yes there's zombies but that's not the point right that's not what it's about right it's about it's about people being people Ex- doing exactly things. it's about people trying to survive and trying to do better like trying to trying to fix a thing and yeah. the, the thing they they're trying to fix it happens to be zombies but that's like ancillary i feel and you know again i haven't i haven't seen any of it i haven't played any of it like who knows right. um i i i, I just I'm really worried that's not going to be there in the second one. I could not be more skeptical of this game. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to have an open mind because Naughty Dog is Naughty Dog. Exactly, and, yes. And the past, they, they have a 15-year track record of they know what they're doing. at this point. They know they're what they're stupid. doing. Yeah. They're not stupid. But that was a story that was finished. Yeah. We finished that story. And... You, the part two thing is so hard and, you know, for every time that it works out with, you know, and this is going to sound funny because we know what happened eventually, but like Rocky two, right? If any, you know, if I was alive in 1979 and somebody was like, they're going to make another Rocky, I'd be like, no, you fucking idiot. Don't do that. It was beautiful and perfect. Right. And then Rocky two is amazing. I feel like even risking it though. You like the, the more you go into the last of us, the more you head towards a robot singing happy birthday, Polly, and then <laughs> Ellie, you know, ending communism. But because the mushroom zombies have become communists, well, here, there's here, mushroom, mushroom Mikhail Gorbachev. And here's my thing I don't want to see her as an adult, she's not interesting to me as an adult, right? I, I don't, I don't need. I, I'm not compelled by a story about Ellie processing her father issues with Joel. Right. Like, I don't I don't think that there is an extended version of her emotion or turmoil that is more interesting than the last shot of that game. Right. Where she's looking at him because you you already have it. You you have the emotional turmoil of that character's life that she's going to face it. Eh. I know. You know. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be fine, but whether it's necessary remains to be seen. Right. There's will... nothing comforting about you saying something will be fine, Dave. <laughs> it will. Ha- it will at least thrilled. be fine. Yeah. And it yeah. might be good. I mean, I. I just I, maybe it'll be shorter too. 
Um, maybe Fredo will be there. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> maybe Fredo will be there. Fredo. Why not? Yeah, Ellie invests in a casino in Florida. Oh my god! And it gets really weird. Uh, <laughs> there is another indie game that you've been playing recently, Susan, called Keep in Mind. Yes. Which is doing? I know very little about this game. I know I've seen its key art. Yep. Uh, which is a, a pixelated couple in bed. Yep. And it, it gives me it gives me the trepidation just looking at it. Yeah. Okay. So so it's Keep in Mind remastered, uh, which is now out on mobile, and it's an extremely short experience, but it's also a dollar. So it is the game. So okay, backing up. One of the worst things about having any kind of mental illness, having anxiety or depression or OCD or PTSD or any of anything, is trying to explain to people who don't have a mental illness what it what it feels like. Because mm. how do you explain it to somebody when their brain literally doesn't work that way, right? They can't grok it because the thing they use to grok is not does not have the same operating system yours does. So uh, what Keep in Mind does, it's, it's probably the best illustration of what it is like to uh, be depressed or anxious that I have ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it starts off with the couple in bed, but that's not what the rest of the game looks like at all. Uh, you are Jonas, and uh, he, he's, the game starts with his wife speaking to him about... Uh, you know, he never talks to her. He drinks until he's unconscious every night. Uh, the next day, he's unresponsive, and she just wants to wants him to talk to her. Like, I'm your wife. You know, why won't you? Let's let's see what we can do about this. And uh, the game is him uh, waking up in the middle of the night, and everything seems a little off. And he wanders outside, uh, outside, and there's a big monster outside mm. who is laughing at him, and uh, says, "Okay, well." You've been here before. You'll be here again. But I'll humor you. Why don't you go talk to everybody in town and see if you can figure out how to get out of here. See you later, buddy. And you go talk to these... Um, personifications. Uh, uh, creatures uh, around town. And they each say something to you. And you have to talk to all of them before you can go back uh, to your house. And it's... It's, it's just, it's spot on nails the things that go through your head when you are suffering from uh, anxiety or depression. So uh, it's a real quick experience. It's, uh, it's a very emotional one. I, it's very instructive. Uh, it's very moving. So, uh, and like I said, it's a dollar. So I, I'd highly recommend uh, doing it on your lunch hour. When you, okay. So it is, it is only about an hour long. Oh no, it's, it's like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Oh, it's that quick. It's super it's, fast. It's super fast. Super fast. I I am, you know, I feel like we've entered into a very interesting place with video games as opposed to other media mm -hmm. because there are many people in the development community who do suffer of from course. anxiety, from depression, yep. from uh, a, a, a myriad of mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few you know, sort of popular arts where you are seeing issues of mental illness discussed frequently. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not some isolated incidents here or there. It's happening. It's a common theme. We've gotten to a place where 
you're as likely to see a game about dude bro McLove's boobs yeah. uh, shooting <laughs> up the zombie hordes of dinosaur robot cars as you are a game that's about a character, you know, struggling to recover from depression, from mm-hmm. trauma. It, it's that common. And it's cool to hear you talk about Keep in Mind sort of representing something in a very compact way that's very moving and accurate. Yeah. Be- because, you know, I I love the game Celeste. Mm-hmm. I think Celeste is one of the best games that I have played in a long time. On a mechanical level, it's exceptional. Uh, but personally, I, I almost wished all the explicit storytelling in the game wasn't there mm-hmm. because I, I i found it and again i i don't i don't want to minimize the experiences of the people who created it or minimize the experiences of players who found that story moving i'm talking about my own impressions and sure. the way it made me feel yeah i found its representation of depression to be very cloying and very off-putting that's uh, and you know what that's fair right it, it, it's the thing with it here it's it's so tricky talking about mental illness at all is really, really hard because it squidges people out a oh, yeah. lot. It's not exactly uplifting to talk about. Um, you know, it's it's like any other disease. Yeah. It's, you know, nobody's like, let's make a game about chicken pox. <laughs> you know? That like, dragon chicken pox coming to man. Oh, God. You know, I am mumps. You know, like nobody wants to really sit and talk about things that make you ill. But because... Uh, it is actually scientifically proven that talking about your mental illness helps you get better. Yes. So communicating about it is a very important thing. But when you're trying to game, trying to make a game, you're also trying to make an experience that people enjoy engaging with. And that's it's such a such a difficult balance, which is why this is this is not focused on gameplay. This is focused on telling a narrative and sharing an experience with you. And which is why it's great that it's only like a half hour long. Cause if, if you don't dig it, well, you've spent a half hour and a dollar who cares. But if, if you are, if you have somebody in your life uh, who has a mental health issue and you do, by the way, 25% of the population has some kind of mental health issue. Um, this can help you understand them. If you have it yourself, it helps you understand there's a whole load of people out there who feel the exact, same thing you do they get it mm. uh so it it it's i it's a real uh great way to tackle it but it's also not concerned with trying to be a game yeah yeah I, and you know try, concerning yourself with being a game you know i i i <laughs> what a game is at this point mm. i don't think that a game you know jumping over something and and then you know bopping an angry mushroom on the head I don't mean... Does bopping an angry mushroom on the head sound filthy to anybody yes, else? Yes, that's, that's a euphemism, my friend. It really... What did you do this weekend? Well, well, we went ahead and bopped an angry mushroom on the head, you know. The kids were with their grandparents, so... <laughs> the wife and I had some quality time and just a little bit of crack. crack okay. Okay. Just a... Just a teensy little bit. Just a uh, bit of the crack. But you know, I like the, the gaminess. I, I almost feel like when it comes to these things, you know, it comes to what is a game. It doesn't have to have those sort of active things to start sure. be a game. If you're pressing start and, you know, doing something to engage with the media itself, mm-hmm. then you're playing a game, you know, right. as opposed to the passive experience of television, etc. Uh, 
it, it, but it, the gaminess of Celeste is is kind of what gave me a problem with the story. Not mm. not just the least of which of, I, I you know I. I <laughs> There's only so much of the like precious twenty something experience that I can endure. Well, that's, and that's yeah. that's not just because I'm 36 years old. I couldn't fucking stand it when I was a twenty something. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't fucking stand it when I was a teenager and realized what I was going to be facing in ten years. Uh, <clears throat> Celeste is a real fantasy uh, garden state experience. Oh God! Oh yeah! Oh. Yeah! Uh-huh. Ooh. It's uh, yeah, it's it's Ooh. Garden State and and Super Meat Boy and Undertale got smashed oh. up. Wow. Yep. Mm. And but like all that, like again, I love this game. I think yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Part of the reason I find it so problematic is that the grand metaphor for for tackling mental illness is ascending a mountain, right. challenging yourself and getting to the peak of something. And it ends in a place of almost perfect resolution. It's like, I've confronted my depression, and right. I've accepted it, and now I accept myself. And it's not like, like, I, in my head, I was like, the way this game should fucking end is you get back to the base of the mountain, and you're like, oh, shit, there's an even bigger mountain in front of me. <laughs> well, hey, you didn't finish the secret level, so... Yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I sure didn't because I was like, life's too short. Uh, yeah, I, I, it sounds like Keep in Mind deals with this in a way that is, you know, even if it's not mechanically satisfying, mm -hmm. it sounds like it is emotionally satisfying. I, I, yes, for me, very much so. Uh, I, I... Is this the type of thing that the average person will stumble upon and enjoy? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. Uh, if it ends up, you know, as the app of the week and people download it, are they going to come out of it feeling anything? Uh, I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I do encourage people to check it out. It is a piece of art, certainly. And uh, it's it, it certainly spoke to me. Mm. You know what my favorite game about depression is? Actually, just ever, ever made. Mm. It's Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude. Because <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody made that in a place of joy. In That's true. <laughs> that, is, that is entirely wow. accurate. I don't know why I just needed to take a low blow. <laughs> people who made that yeah, game. That highly but, re relevant franchise, Leisure Suit Larry. Just, I was literally just sitting here like, what is a game that is an expression of depression rather than about it's depression? It's a cry for and help, really. It is. It is. It is a desperate pleading for release. Uh, Dave, speaking of desperate pleadings for release... Final Fantasy XV's never gonna let you go, brother. No, never. it's not. And you know what? So... There's a question that um, usually comes up, with, especially with like people in the games industry, is like, what's the game that you like to come back to? What's the game that like, uh, it's like your comfort game, the game that like, if there's nothing else you want to do, this is a thing you want to do. And I never really had an answer for that. Leisure Suit Larry right, Magnum well, I mean, Laude. Of course, other than Leisure Suit Larry Magnum Laude. Uh, because, like, I've always been this, like, gaming omnivore. I'm always, like, I want to see, like, what's out there. And it's just, like, there's so many things to do that, like, coming back, uh, other than, like, 
like if I just want to go like I'm playing the Metal Gear series again, like I never really do that. Final Fantasy 15, I think is has become that game for me. Has become you, the game. You would say that it's a game that has been persistently servicing you. Yes. Oh my god. It is a it is a game as a service. Oh, oh. my god. Oh. Okay. Continue. Uh, but um, I think the way that they're doing it, I think, is actually like, like it doesn't feel forced or mm. uh, in a way that is uh, anathema to the way that that game is meant to be experienced. So, like, I actually wrote an article about this back uh, for Games Radar, back uh, one of the last ones that I wrote for them, basically about how like Final Fantasy fifteen wants to be a never ending game and how I'm okay with that because it's weird because Final Fantasy the series other than the MMORPGs have been these like single player experience you get the game you play it you're done uh, other than the occasional dalliance that thirteen two had with DLC uh, the game that you got was wait thirteen two yeah. DLC yes thirteen two yeah thirteen two sold you the ending oh, as right. DLC yes right I forgot. Um, so yeah like other than that like the the game has basically the game you bought is the game you bought and that's the story and it's done and now they like um back in like the first week of March. Uh, Square released the Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition, which is basically like a Game of the Year edition, um, where it contains the game, uh, some extra content, uh, as well as all of the season pass stuff. So, like, all of the episodes, the extra DLC, all that stuff in one disc that you get. I already have the game digitally, so rather than doing that, they offer the uh, all of the extra content that they built for the Royal Edition as a separate download for $15. Like, think of it as, like, the remix edition of, like, PS2 games. Like, when, you, like, Kingdom Hearts, you'd hear, oh, Japan gets the remix edition, where they buy the sure. game all over again with extra stuff built Final into the Final Fantasy Twelve, the Zodiac. Right, age. exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas because games now, they can be updated constantly and have DLC, they don't have to do a remix edition anymore. Uh, they sell the Game of the Year edition to get the people that they haven't gotten, and then they sell the extra content uh, for $15 uh, for people who do have it. And this uh, edition includes... Uh, I'm going to go down the list here. So there's an all-new dungeon um, in Chapter 14... I haven't gotten that far, so like once this came out, I decided I'm gonna just start a fresh new game, start at the beginning, and see, and like basically play this game as a fresh person would with all of the patches and updates and everything like that. Sure. Uh, so there's an all new dungeon in chapter 14. So when you go to Insomnia to fight the last boss, uh, there's a dungeon, but Insomnia. <laughs> and there's the, yes, uh, it's relatively short. Now they have completely revamped the dungeon. It's much bigger. There are extra bosses now. There's all new cutscenes now. Uh, they've also added the ability to play the game in first person mode, which don't do that. Uh, <laughs> unless you want to like get sick and throw up everywhere. I mean, like it's one of those things. It's like GTA five where you're like, Oh, that's cool. And then never touch it again. Uh, there's a whole new armature thing so like all of the 13 royal arms that you collect throughout the game once you collect them all you unlock a new mode now to fight enemies with which i also haven't gotten uh the boat 
that you can commandeer uh, very briefly during a one-way trip to Altissia in Chapter 9 is now controllable, so you can go anywhere in the ocean now, and there are special fishing spots and additional quests and stuff that you can undertake with the boat. Um, and yeah, there are like other little um, features and patches and stuff that have been also freely available. Like, they're back late mid to late last year there was a they added the ability to drive in a dune buggy like you turn the regalia into a four by four monster truck and now you can go off road so like yeah it's weird uh it doesn't make much sense but now you can do it and like it makes driving that car gonna... way more fun now it's almost and like the mako because it... what before what you'd have to do is you'd, you'd park somewhere on the road and then Get out. Leg yeah. it to wherever. Yeah, now you just drive there. It's fine. See, that's great. Yes. Uh, and now there's a dossier. So as you're going throughout the game, uh, the important bits of lore that... You know how like you would find these cosmology books that would give yeah. you like a little bit of religious text of the world? Uh, now when you spot one of those books, a little icon with a book appears over it, and once you hit the button, it gets added to a uh, your archives... So whenever you want to reference that stuff, it's there. So as there. opposed to a a single line that Aranea says one time as she's walking through a dungeon with you that contextualizes what the hell is going on exactly. entirely. Yes. Now there's an actual explanation. Yes, there's an explanation for you can read that. There are also character profiles. All the characters you meet in the game have little profiles in the game. So you're like, who the fuck is that guy? You can read it. Yeah. It's there. It's all that's, there. Like the, one great. of my biggest complaints of the game has basically been solved now because it's just like, well, who are these? I don't you I saw them once in a cutscene. And Who's now this asshole. Yeah, now it's there. Uh you can now take up to ten hunts at once. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh thank god. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you just you, you go up, you take whatever hunts you want, they stay on your, your quest log. You can uh clean them up however you want, and you go back to any hunt person and you can just redeem them all at once. Oh it's nice. Awesome. And just like the experience of replaying this game again but different mm. has been one of the strangest experiences of my life uh, as a, as a person who plays games, because I've never seen a s ostensibly single player game get this much of an overhaul over time. Like, like the Witcher three got some updates, right? But not like this. So before, before anything else for anyone listening that hasn't played final fantasy 15 spoiler warning, Yes, I feel like I, I feel like we're we're inevitably going to get into some shit. We already talked about insomnia. That's not too much of a spoiler. In the intro to the game, you see parts of this ending taking place, like at the very very beginning. So that's not that's not too much. But as we go further, just so you know, uh, so how far in are you, Dave? Like how 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 much time have you sunk in? I uh, I'm on chapter eight now. Um, All right, so you're in. Yeah, you're in there. Yeah, I like, like you. I mean, you have to be skipping a lot of stuff, right? Because I spent, man, I spent 30, 40, 50 hours in that game, and I was just, I was doing chocobo races, and I was right, doing yeah. side quests, and I mean, like uh, right now, I'm actually enjoying the game as if I were doing it the first time. So I'm doing all the side quests. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, uh, like one of the things that I like to do. I just like I'll throw on a podcast and knock out like all of the busy work stuff, just so I'm 
like properly leveled uh for because the the last dungeon uh when you go to insomnia when i reviewed it i was kind of rushing through the game because i only Mm, had like mm. a week and a half to do it and there are monsters in that dungeon that you're not really meant to fight you're supposed to like run past them because they're like 80 and it says like your recommended level is like 40 or something Mm -hmm. so you're just supposed to run by them and now i'm just like uh okay well i'll just i'll do what i can and level up as much as i can before i get there um but uh so how, I mean, in addition, like the quality of life stuff that you're talking about, yeah. you know, the fact that you can just take all the hunts and then turn in all the hunts, like that shit should have just been there in the first place. That's that's the kind of thing that, you know, that should have been patched even earlier. But does the game, as you're experiencing the story and going through it as though, you know, you're trying to play it as though you've never played it before. Does the story feel more coherent to you because of changes that have been made to the way that story is told, or because you're familiar with it? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say familiar. It looks like that they did add a couple of things. Like, they added a little sequence at the end of chapter, was it three or four? The one where you fight the Titan, and then all of a sudden, like, you fight the Titan... Uh, Arden shows when up. Ar- when Arden's like, hey, kids, come on, I'll just show you where the boss is. Just follow me in your car. Yeah. I'm going to get in my caddy, and then we just go down yeah, there. Just go I don't down know there. why he's from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, you do that quest, and then when you hop, like, uh, the end of that chapter, Arden shows up. It's like, hey, hop in my airplane. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, you're <laughs> back in the Chocobo Ranch, and your car's missing. They actually added a scene that, like... Bridges that gap a little bit better. What happens? Uh, he just you're you're inside the ship, and he's just talking to you about like what you're... like what he's doing and like where he's gonna take you. You're in the ship, and Arden says, "Have any of you guys ever smoked crack?" crack okay, <laughs> let me. See. It's pretty I, good. I know that you're royalty, but you're on your like little you know you're sowing your royal oats on your adventure with your Look, boys. It'll help you with your nighttime. What happens adventures. in insomnia stays in insomnia. Hey, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I will say that having the dossier there is nice because. Baby, it's a dossier. Dossier. You're killing me. My bad. All right. Uh, dossier. D- the the book thing. <laughs> the glossary. How about that? Uh, there you, like, go. you You have your little glossary uh, to look up. So as you're running through, like that helps. But yeah, I think having going through it a second time and like noticing details that I missed, uh, especially yeah. because a lot of a lot of the dialogue, a lot of important story stuff happens while you're just running around or in the middle of fights. So like, yeah, all the bits you're, you, that we were talking about, uh, I think like 2016 about like. Yeah, yeah, no, they tell you about the monsters that they're <laughs> yeah, harvesting. Yeah, they totally do that. I, I finished Final Fantasy XV about a month after Dave did, and as I was playing through the final two or three chapters, I was just so sucked in, and I was, like, marathoning it, and you kept being like, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. They don't address this. And I was like, yeah, they do. They Aranaz says it once, once when you're walking yeah, down this one hall. And she's like, yeah, man, that fucking guy's turning everybody into a zombie. The uh, emperor doesn't even do anything. And that's it. Like, yeah. The motivation. And then it never comes everything. up again until it never. comes up all at once. Yes. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, so it, it really is like the 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 story is a mess. The way <laughs> the way that the story is delivered, the way that like important notes are delivered in like offhanded dialogue, it's a mess. But like the act of revisiting this world and just running around with the, like I not that I forgot, but like playing it again reminds me of the 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 sort of the the non-toxic heteronormal relationship that these four guys have together. Mm. It's nice. It's a nice thing and I wish that like more big budget games would explore that. Like outside of just the context of of military shooters or fucking yeah. whatever. Um and just it's it's weird playing this game and having everything be different. I'm really excited to see how that new dungeon shapes out. Uh, and they've confirmed that there's going to be like another season of content, like at least four more chapters coming. You're going you're to play as Arden. Yeah. There's going to be an Ar- a whole chapter where you're Arden. And I'm which is weird. really excited to see what they do because it, it, it really is just, I like this game a lot and having excuses to dip my toes back into it. I has, just has been really great. Uh, everything you say about it makes me want to play it. And then I remember the point at which the story turns. Yeah. And it just kills my interest. Cause mm. I was loving that road trip, you know, these bros hanging out together in a positive, supportive way. And they're doing hunts and they're racing chocobos. And it's, it, it, that was all amazing. I want to play that game for a hundred hours. That's, that's not what happens though. Susan, I honestly, that's one of those games that I think you should go back and, I mean, it sounds like this is a really good opportunity to check out the ending, because the way, I I, I am right there with you, when the story turns and it turns. It turns. Yeah. But it the payoff for that turn, where it ends, is so spectacular, yeah. and is such a, it, 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 it's such a satisfying conclusion to that, uh... The, the, it earns the, the it earns the payoff for sure. It like, er, yeah, like, it earns it. It has to go that dark for it to earn it, but I think it yeah. does. Um, and yeah, like uh, apparently, the, like there there have been like additional cutscenes and stuff that they've added too, like as part of free updates that I still haven't seen yet. Like there, the ending is very fleshed out. I'm I'm told. Yeah, like, chapter twelve until it ends, they've added a significant. That's of weird. Stories. That is weird as hell weird um and like i don't want to be one of these people that say that square enix shipped an unfinished game but they clearly did but Ah, because the game as it came out was it was finished okay that's true you know what i think it's unfinished in the way that every single creative work is unfinished exactly yes yes so this is the thing that i wanted to mention is at the beginning dave you were saying you know you've never really played a single player sort of big tentpole game that has been continued, continually changed like this has. Yeah. And the thing is, is every Final Fantasy, going all the way back to the series starting in 1987, has undergone this treatment. Yes, yeah, they, they just has, come out as re-releases. Right, exactly. Like, in the mm. past, it was Final Fantasy 1 on the NES, and then Final Fantasy 1 Wonder Swan with new story yeah. stuff, rebalanced combat. Final Fantasy and Four then, when they made it in 3D, um, uh, but, and or no hell, dude, Final Fantasy Four 
when it came out here as two. Oh, they changed a, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was a completely different game. It was called Final Fantasy IV USA in Japan because they took out all of the secondary skills that the other characters had and they toned down the difficulty dramatically. They rebalanced everything. So there is, like, baked into the DNA of the Final Fantasy series is the idea that the very first version of this game that's going to make it out into the world is going to change for a re-release or an expansion or something. And that the shape of that has always been different. You know, Final Fantasy 1, they just remade a bunch of different times. Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 1 Wonderswan, Final Fantasy 1 for PS1, Final Fantasy 1 Advance, etc., etc. And then you have things like, you know, Final Fantasy 12, which just saw its third iteration just come out. So my question here for you is, do you prefer Final Fantasy 15 being sort of this evolving, breathing thing as it goes, rather than something that's like, boom, one release, and then in three or four years, here is the expanded, uh, revisited, revised edition all at once? Or, you know, which, which of these do you want? For your Final Fantasy. It's weird. Because I think, like, when you have the the distinct package release, you can then look back and say, I want to play this one. Yes. Like, I want to play Chrono Trigger DS. Oh, that's interesting. I want mm-hmm. to play the Super... And, like, they are two completely distinct experiences. Even though they're very similar, they're, they are different enough that, that you could get different things out of them. Same, you know, Final Fantasy. Um, there's a difference between Final Fantasy VI on SNES versus VI, the Game Boy 1 versus VI. Uh, and it's like, well, do I want the updated translation? Do I want the uh, OG experience? And I... I appreciate that, but I also appreciate what Final Fantasy XV is trying to do, mm. which is taking the core product and tweaking it until that's, you know, what it, because I don't have to buy another $60 copy of Final Fantasy XV. Right. I can just buy a $15 update and get the same experience that someone would spending $50 on this Royal Edition. Mm-hmm. Um and then when they make new content uh, for the, the next season pass, like, I'm going to buy that. That's 20 bucks. I don't have to buy another disc with more stuff in it. Um, Dave, how big I, is Final Fantasy XV? On the PS4, about it is a cool 94 gigabytes <gasps> of hard drive space right now with all of the shoot. updates. With oh, all, my oh, God. If you want that 4K pack on PC, it's, like, at least 150 gig. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's a big game. Yeah, so I think with the where where I'm at right now, I'm preferring Final Fantasy XV's model because it's something that like I can come back to. Like, oh, once I'm done with this, I'll put it down. Next time they release an update, I'll pick it back up again and play it some more. Um, when they release the next chapter, I'll play that too. Um, and I like having it digital and having the this constant stream is keeping me coming back whereas like if they re-released it as another $60 thing I don't I don't know if I would buy that yeah I mean I I will admit um I actually got rid of my initial copy of Final Fantasy 15 when this was announced uh you know I I had uh just the standard regular disc version and I was like you know what I don't need this I'm I'm really excited about this royal edition so if I want a physical copy in my library I'm gonna get this version when it eventually comes out and 
uh, I ended up changing my mind. Uh, I, I, I sort of rewound and was like, you know what? I want, like you were saying, like, I want access to these different versions. You know, I, I think, uh, in the continue crew, I'm, I'm the archivist of us. I'm the yeah. one who's always interested in the weird old versions. And I want to be able, when I do finally play, I want, I don't want to replay Final Fantasy 15 until they say we're not working on it anymore. Oh, interesting. Like, so you yeah. want to you want to wait until it's it's done, 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 and done, then done. Go, okay, okay. Yeah, I I want to wait until they're like, you know what? We've done. We've said everything we can say. We've we've serviced. <laughs> we've games <laughs> as a service, service the, the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Uh, we've released all the cup noodle packs, all the Assassin's Creed packs, all the crack cocaine packs, everything. And then I want to play it, but I want to be able to play it side by side with that original September 2015 version of that game, mm. so I can so I can see them, so I so I can just you know take in the totality of the experience. Like I'm very grateful that I have access to versions of these games where I can put it into a PlayStation 4 with the internet turned off mm. and see no updates and see like what was this game as it came out when they when they first said it's done enough when they have that horrible artist moment where they're like oh my god we have to ship this thing this thing <laughs> Tetsuya Nomura has to have been, it Tetsuya and, Nomura has been hanging out in a sweatshop for 10 years right and like i you know i love that i love that with all of the games in this series yeah. you know in in the same way that i want to be able to watch star wars not a fucking new hope right yeah. Uh, I, I want to be able to to experience these games that yeah. way. And it's it's tough because you can't do that with a lot of things. Like, I can't play Destiny in, you know, I can't play, like, that Destiny 1 beta version from July of 2014. It's yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. It's just gone. It's dead. Yeah. It's dead forever. And I think, like, that that's the nice thing about the fact that Final Fantasy 15 is a largely offline experience, is yes. that that version will still exist, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. My question awesome. uh, to you folks, because I was also thinking, uh, now that I'm like revisiting 15 and uh, enjoying it again, um, like Final Fantasy 16 feels like a far off glimmer uh, in Yoshinori Katasi's eyes. <laughs> uh, they're still got to wait for that Final Fantasy 7 remake whenever that comes. My question to you is, knowing the series history up to now and the radical turn that 15 made sort of with the embra- uh, embracing open world design and that sort of and uh full real-time combat and all that stuff where do you want to see 16 to go do you want to see a return to the old style turn-based like pointer thing do you want to see an evolution of this uh like open worldy witchery design um i don't know what do you what do you hope final fantasy 16 gives you when it comes out 20 years from now. <laughs> Give me lightning returns. God damn it. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going With the, the sort of ancillary <laughs> stuff that is in, is in 15, like, you know, the cooking and the photos and like, make it feel cause, cause, cause Final Fantasy 15 feels very friendly. Right. Mm, yes. You you don't feel like this alone, icy cold person with 
you know, you're, it's you and your bros and it's, it's, there's warmth and humanity there. Like lightning returns is, is the bomb, but there is no humanity in that game. Yeah. Uh, so, so bring the warmth of 15 into lightning returns and it's Mm. perfect. Yeah. At least in lightning returns case, as opposed to final fantasy 13, the inhumanity is baked into the narrative. Right, right, right. right <laughs> like, right, every, right, everybody's yeah, 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 yeah. a it broken, fucked up, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucked up, like, god person and unknowable and cold because yeah. that's part of the story now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, something I've always kind of liked about Final Fantasy is when, when they clear a big hurdle in the series when they when they're like we've pushed it as far as we can go they tend to and Yoshinori Katase has been a huge sort of member uh a, a big influencing factor in this going back to the NES uh when he first joined Square they 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 tend to say let's take stock of what we've done let's let's make something that is more uh foundational and simpler than something that sort of reaches for the sky. Final Fantasy III, you know, stripped away all of the weird battle system stuff and all of the explicit narrative of two. Final Fantasy IX took, you know, all of the technological advancements that you'd seen in seven and eight and said, let's go back and tell like a warmer swords and sorcery story um, that has an ending that makes no goddamn sense. Uh, <laughs> You know, so they they sort of they have these moments where they say, "Let's go back to the well," and I I would really like to see what happens when a very very traditional Final Fantasy, in terms of story, in terms of setting, in terms of uh, narrative themes, is made with all of the lessons that they have learned technologically from Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Like like you were saying Susan, you want the sort of friendliness of Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 15. I want that that friendliness of Final Fantasy 15 applied, but I I want to see a game that is I like give me airships and yeah. chocobos and Oh uh, yeah. 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 Give me all that shit and give it to me in this quality. Yeah. Don't even don't even give me uh sexy characters. Like I don't need uh, underpants Jesus Lightning and boy band Magoo Noctis, like give me weirdos. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, give me, give me some squat, super deformed weirdos that are wrought in this big, colorful art style. Yeah. And you know, get get Uematsu back. Yeah, dog man. Get him in there. Some give classic. Him, give tunes. him a Rush album and just tell him to go nuts. Be like, yo, dog. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, the shit out of this game. <laughs> Uh, Look, I just, I just want to kill some cactuars, you know. Yeah, I give me them cactuars. Run into a cactuar and fight them, and I, I want I, there to be secrets. Can we also, can we also say that the whole like, well, in the modern market, you can't have turn-based combat, combat, blah 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 blah. Two point five million Persona Five sales. Uh, yeah, can't fucking be wrong yeah give us a turn-based combat final fantasy what i will say uh i want to see my party on the map at all times i can't go at back. all times i can't at, go at back like yeah. like yeah. seeing them run around and interact with each other even in the small moments yeah is what makes that game uh work so well uh my other thing that i want is that if they do dlc for the next one 
I want it to be in the vein of The Witcher, where I spend twenty dollars and yeah. I get like mm-hmm. a solid slice of gameplay in a new place. Like I realize why it doesn't make sense in fifteen, because that narrative doesn't really lend itself to larger side stories. Because mm-hmm. once you hit that point of no return, it's going. And the, like the the way it ends, it ends with a certain finality that like would be difficult to do without taking into account sort of the state of the world and the people mm. in it. Yeah. Uh, without getting too spoilery, but um, that's that's kind of what I want from sixteen. Whereas if they do DLC, like give give me give me the 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 blood and wine, but yes. with with chocobos. I love that. There you go. Yep. I love it. Yep. Uh, so I, I, as the Royal Edition came out and they announced all the things that were going to be in the Royal Edition, I, it was nice to see the sort of public sentiment surrounding Final Fantasy XV start to soften. Uh, I felt, I felt like this was one of those games where for the first year it was out there in the wild, people were just fuck this game, it's terrible, uh, bullshit, uh, and people finally got to the reasonable place where they were like, oh, wait, it has some flaws. It might not be my cup of tea, but I recognize that this is a quality. So it's Final Fantasy. So yeah, it's Final exactly. Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. So this is the thing that I've been thinking about in the past week as uh, I have been playing some video games. Uh, the the one thing that I was playing in the past week that I feel like we're going to have to have a spoiler cast to talk about was Xenoblade 2. Mm-hmm. It's over. I beat it. It's fucking amazing. The game's so goddamn amazing. The ending is so goddamn amazing. But we'll save that for a time that we can talk about it more in depth. I have also been playing a shitload of Super Nintendo games. Ooh. Because I got myself one of them fancy analog Super NTs. What's that? Uh, an analog Super NT. This is the company Analog that came out a couple of years ago and made the, you know, the Rolls Royce of NESs. It was like 800 the, bucks or something like that? Like yeah, 500 the eight, bucks? The, the thing where they they literally ripped the guts out of old NES machines, mm-hmm. put them in an aluminum casing, retrofitted oh, them yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. HDMI and RGB, etc. So the, the Super NT is their Super Nintendo model. Okay. And it is, the, it, it's not the actual guts of a Super Nintendo, it is hardware that is called an FGPA. It's it is a computer that is built to explicitly emulate uh, and function exactly like the original hardware. Mm-hmm. The guy that designed this thing is is my kind of obsessive. It is as close as you can get to a Super Nintendo without it actually being a Super Nintendo, and you don't need a fancy machine uh, to plug it into to make it look right on mm, an HDPA. Okay. Looks great. Uh, and it's been interesting to sit there and play this alongside you guys have heard me talk about the weird setup I have to play the original hardware and to play that and then the SNES classic and this side by side. This thing is great. It no fuss, no muss. You can play things from Japan, from Australia, from Germany. You just mm. plug it in. It looks great. There's no control input delay. It's very colorful, beautiful. Uh but it's also given me a chance to just play some weird Super Nintendo games that I haven't played in a really uh, long time or ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing Goof Troop. Oh, wow. Resident Evil's Shinji Mikami, <laughs> which is a super cool game. Uh, I've been playing Capcom's Aladdin, 
which is awesome. It's so, it's so good. good. It's I've so never good. played it before. It's great. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's got like a very sort of slow, uh, ponderous pace compared to your usual Capcom platformer. Instead of the twitchy, it's much more, it's if Capcom made Prince of Persia. That's mm-hmm. that's what it feels like. It has no business being as good as it is. It really no, doesn't. No, no, not at all. Uh, but, you know, that's a good game. I have also been playing things that are ostensibly shit. Uh, I've been playing Konami's Batman Returns, Brawler. Oh, oh, which, no. you know, you've never lived until you see a, a, a very pixelated Michelle Pfeiffer flipping into your face over and over and over again. Yeah. So... In in diving into that hole, though, like, Batman Returns is objectively a bad game. Yeah. This is not like a Final Fantasy XV scenario where I would dismiss this outright just because it's not meeting my expectations. This game plays badly. It's gorgeous, though. Mm-hmm. Like, the sprite work is amazing. The sounds are fun. It's, it's, it's beautiful just to look at. So it got me thinking about, is a... Bad game, bad in perpetuity. Is a bad game bad forever? Or does time and the the sort of dissolving of a zeitgeist uh, lead to something, you know, being perceived uh, with a little bit more of a shade of gray? Is it possible for time to soften something's edges to the point where you can say, like, you know what? This might have been garbage when it came out, but now I can appreciate its charms. Yeah, that's, I mean, absolutely. It, it, time can wears off the edges of expectations. It wears off the edges of comparison. Mm-hmm. It wears off the edges of, I paid $75 for this. It, I mean, it, it, can, it can definitely sand that all off. It, right. can, it can, so you can have something that is, something that is truly actually bad, will always be truly actually bad. Sure. Though distance lets you appreciate things like the sprite work, like the sound effects. As, as also, you mature as a critic, right? Yeah. And I don't mean professional critic. I mean anybody who looks at a piece yeah. of, of art and says, you know, not my thing, but I get what it was doing. Um, and, and the reverse is also true. Something that is good in the moment, the goodness can get sanded off as mm-hmm. well until you go, you know good it was was good for who i was at the time but it's not that good yeah yeah i I, you know i i think it's interesting to look at these things in outside of your sort of a popular moment Mm -hmm. you know the snes classic the entire sort of critical response to the super nintendo classic coming out is like these are classics these are the best of the best and they're all the perfect things and then these other ones that are included in here just kind of suck. You know, it's always the extremes. It's one or the other. Either this has aged terribly and it wasn't ever good in the first place, or these are unimpeachable, canonized, uh, pristine little precious babies. Right. And we need to love them forever. And I've enjoyed the process of going back and checking things out and saying, if I had been working as a professional critic, mm-hmm. I would have had to savage this thing. And I would have been resentful of the fact that I had to play it at all. Like, right. I would have had that... that, that there is there is this thing that happens to your brain when you review a game on a deadline 
where you you start to feel personally assaulted. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. How fucking dare We call it the evil within principle. Yeah, they, basically. And like the evil within is so time did not fucking soften that blow. No. Let me tell you. If anything, it just brings its mediocrity into really sharp relief, with the exception of that one motherfucking level. See, I would have said, see, mediocrity is too kind. Mediocrity is so forgiving. I know, I know, I'm being nice. The game is garbage. It's just hot trash. It's a bad game. Yeah. It's a bad game, which is why two makes me sad because it's not a bad game i i think i think time is is treating too right i think that okay. people are finding too okay good uh, i hope I, so I, do. I don't know i don't know if it's if they're finding too in the way that makes zenimax shareholders smile <laughs> but we'll we'll see um yeah I, I can you guys think of something that you have played that you you had that moment where you you went back susan i know you don't replay games you tend to, you play it, it's yep. done. It's yep. over. It's in the past. But I do have an example. Yeah, okay. Lay it on. I do. Uh, Tomba. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Tomba, I... uh, for those who don't know, is a uh, PS1 platformer. And at the time, it rocked my world. It wa- It did all these really clever things. There were secrets. It was amazing. And I went back and tried to, and, and uh, I love that game. I was obsessed with it. And then I went back and tried to play it. And I was like, it's fine. It's also hard to play. It, it is. Like, it, it is. It's hard to play. <laughs> and that's a, that's a thing that, in the context of the time, everything was hard to play. So you're cool with it. It's not a big whoop. But now, having had the benefit of better controls and better loading and better camera and better everything, yeah, it's like, okay. It, I mean, visually, it is still a marvel. It, it's great. The sound effects are great. Uh, and, and it's just, it goes on way too long and it's way too it's, long. It's, it's kind of one note and, <laughs> uh, you know, you jump on the pig's back and you do a somersault, you throw the pig and it's like, that was hilarious at the time. It's like, okay. Yeah. But in 2018 being like, I got to spend half an hour dying repeatedly yeah. to get one bird egg. And yeah. then I need to go all the way back to the beginning of the stage with the bird egg. Yeah. Give it to a bird who gives me a key that's going to unlock a door all the way back where I got that goddamn egg. Yeah. <laughs> that's the tone they experience. It's the kind of it, it's the kind of stuff that at the time because you didn't know there was a better way to achieve the same effect. Right. You were like, "Yeah!" But yeah. Uh, but now you, with a with as as game developers have done things more intelligently, uh, whether because they've just learned more about game design or they have better resources available with them, whatever. It's like, no, I'm not going back and forth through the, no, <laughs> I got better things to do. Thank you. Man. Uh, so that, you know. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to lay, I'm going to lay it on you, Susan, the guy, yeah. the guy who directed both Tomba one and two, mm-hmm. do you know what his last game ever was? No. Mad world. For the Wii. Same dude. That's right. Wow. He designed it for Platinum. I don't I don't know if he's still Yeah. I don't know if he's still at Platinum or not. But uh Tokuro Fujiwara 
Toma, I think you can get that on PSN. If anybody is you intrigued can. by what we're talking about, I think yep. you can play that you on, can. A, on a modern You machine. can, and you you can perhaps also get Tomba 2, yeah. which was not even good at the time. Tomba 2 is good. Tomba 2 holds up. I, I only played it for the first time a couple of years ago. Okay. It's, it, it is rough looking because okay. they went fully okay. polygonal. And right, it's, it's, right. And that I just, part's I just remember tricky. there was mine carts and I was like, peace, There is mine carts. <laughs> Dave, you got one? Uh, so something that I didn't like at the time, but then grew to love as distance, uh, uh, took its toll. Uh, the thirteen Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy. There you uh, go. I bounced oh, off yeah, the thirteen yeah. so hard, and uh, then they were like, "Oh, you're making a sequel to that. That's cute. That's adorable. <laughs> you do. You keep doing you. And then, oh, a third one. Oh, and then uh, like I uh, on a lark, I was just like, I'm gonna play them all, see how it goes. And I was like, okay, no, these are thirteen, like. Like, yeah, it deserved all the criticism it got, but, like, with enough time and just, just playing it as a thing, I was like, oh, this is fine. It's fun. It's weird. Yeah, yeah Anthony, I like Anthony it. and I would not shut up about Lightning Returns, so that, yes. returns. that was Light- why you were like, all right, they're on sale. Yes, yeah, it's just try And then uh, then thirteen two was way better than I was expecting. Uh, story was dumb as rocks. Yeah. But, like, as a game, I was like, oh, no, this is, like, this is what I wanted. And then it's Lightning Returns. It's super cool. Yeah. Like, the two exits in different, you know, levels and the going back and forth in time and it's it's real good. Yeah. Uh and then Lightning Returns was just weird. Brilliant. Uh uh just the the other brilliant. way, uh Wind Waker, I remember being mm. absolutely enamored with that game because oh, wow. I wanted to be one of those it's not that I don't like it. It's yeah. just that I think that like the things that uh that game does wrong you can't overlook them nearly as much anymore. And like, even the, the fact that the, the HD re-release was like, okay, so we're not going to make you get as many of these Triforce things. You still have to get some, but not as many. And then we're going to give you a fast wind sale that you can find because it's kind of sucks, especially when you got to get the Triforce, not as many of the Triforce pieces, but still some of the Triforce piece. It's just like, uh, I appreciate that game visually as a, it is a work of art visually. It is funny and charming and cool. And there, there are just parts of it that I'm like, man, if you just finish the game. A, yeah. Finish <laughs> yeah. the game. It's uh, just, it would have been uh, just impeccable, perfect work of art. But yeah. as it stands, there are just too many little things in it that just make me like, it's the kind of thing that prevents me from replaying it. That and Sunshine mm. needed six more months yeah. a year. Yeah. Those, both I, of those games needed more time in the oven. I have a game, uh, and this is topical even, a game that I hated the first time I played it and then grew to love. Blackhorn. Uh, <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. No, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Oh, wow. Oh, you hated Treasure Tracker? Hated it. You hated it. me hated it when I first played it. I played it and I went, I don't know, for like an hour or two and I was like, this sucks. He moves so slow. I can't say it. And I put it away. And then uh, I, you know, weeks later I was like, you know what? This is, this, I should love this effing game. <laughs> let me, just, maybe I was just in a bad mood that day. Let me, let me try it again. And 
everything worked as my brain should. And it was, uh, you know, it was Cap- freaking Captain Toad. So, uh, yeah. Man. And, and now we're all going to get to replay it. Yes! On, on, yes. on, on a wonderful, wonderful machine. Some hot new dunk action. <laughs> it uh, was so awesome when, during the Nintendo Direct, when that got announced, like, my phone, just Twitter, just everybody, like, Susan! 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 Captain Toad on Twitch! Susan! Man, I now God, we we didn't even get into the Nintendo Direct stuff. We'll have to save that. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to hear us talk about the Nintendo Direct, there's a way to talk to us about these things in real time, which is the Continue Podcast Discord. And you're probably asking yourself, how can I get access to the Continue Podcast Discord? You could go to Patreon.com/slash/ContinuePodcast and give us some dollars. Uh, and that'll get you access to that. Five dollars to be exact. Tiers. Five dollars yeah. a month. Five bucks. F- five bucks. It's a uh, latte. Yeah, it's, yeah, a single latte. Thanks yeah. a latte for your money. Hey, oh, um, uh, uh, there are other tiers as well. Uh, this podcast is being recorded live uh, on video for backers at the ten dollar a month. Twenty five. Twenty five dollars a month. The money dollars. Anyway, even if you can only give us one dollar, we would really, really appreciate it. This is a bi-weekly show. We want to make it a weekly show. And in order to do that, we're trying to get to $750 a month on uh, Patreon. That will mean that all of our spouses will be far more understanding. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Doing this. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you are do not want to give us money, we're happy that you are just listening. Uh, but if you want to do us a free salad, go to iTunes and leave us a review. It would mean the world. It helps us get noticed. Yeah. It or helps tell your friends, retweet our tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I'm going to be giving away a code here. Uh, uh, it's, it's a code donated to us from oh. a loyal listener, Logan the Dog Father on Twitter. So thank you. Um, I'm going to pick uh, a random person from a list of people who retweeted the episode tweet um, when I tweeted it last week, tweet. as well as uh, all of the people who have uh, left us a review on iTunes. So what we're going to do for the, the rules for this, if you leave us a review on iTunes, you are on the contest list forever until you win something. If you just Man, retweet, if you just retweet, you're on the contest list for the week of the contest. Okay. Uh, so keep keep those. So if you really want to maximize, okay. Here's my question though: If they leave us a review and retweet, are they entered twice for that week? No. Oh, they should be. They should they be? Okay. Yeah. They, okay. Now they, they are. Okay. Solids. Now they are. Uh, okay. Okay. So, um, so yeah, Logan the Dog Father donated uh, some key, some Steam keys for Dark Souls Three and the Ashes Ooh, DLC. Nice. So I'm gonna pick a winner right now. That winner is I'm gonna reach into my virtual hat with a bunch of pages. It's a random number generator. Click. Uh, hey, uh, Quan Wusan zero one on Twitter. Uh, you just won yourself a copy of Dark Souls 3 on Steam. Woo! So, yeah, send me a DM uh, on Twitter, uh, the at continue pod, and uh, I'll shoot that link over to you. So, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but, yeah, leaving us a review, a review on iTunes uh, uh, helps our rankings on iTunes, which means more people can see it, and sharing it on Twitter helps people see it. So, uh, thank you for doing that, and, I, you know, give you a little reward for your effort. So, thank Dave. you all. 
What? Don't you don't you have some other people? Oh to thank? yes. Also, uh, if you back us at the ten dollar and above amount, I give you a special little shout out on our podcast, uh, like sort of like a like a influencers award. I don't know what we're yo gonna dog. Call that. I don't know what we're gonna call that. <laughs> the yo, continue podcast wah, wah. gamer of the year award. Uh, no, no, no. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, shout outs to. <laughs> Uh, to the milkshake ducks of twenty, no, uh, Mirko Orico Torino, uh, John, Nick Grugan, Ryan Brady, Peter, Ryan Mance, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Logan Pauly, Ludwig Kitzman, Stormshot, Double Taco, Gluttony One of Seven, Francisco Areas, Gima Reyes, Kalen Houston, Axel Olsen Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Fossi Sayan, Yaddle, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Jose Bullet Babam Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit, and Damian McAleese. Thank you all so very much for your patronage. And thanks to everyone else who gives us money and to who just listens to us. We appreciate yeah. you all. We really, we really, really do. It means it means the world that you guys like this. Uh, Susan, where can the people find you when they're not listening to us on this show? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Susan Arndt. You can uh, occasionally find me writing stuff on genieonline.com. And you can find me every single week on Pocket Gamer writing about mobile games. Dave? You can find me on Twitter at David Robots. You can also find my writing uh, on Genie Online. And coming soon, uh, you'll probably find my beautiful mug on uh, twitch.tv slash continue podcast is it continue yeah po- okay it's you, the you, full it's the full name the full name yeah twitch.tv slash uh continue podcast uh i'm gonna be moving to my new place soon and uh i'm thinking i'm gonna go the distance i want to stream every final fantasy game starting with one not He's counting see i i am here for that because yeah. i i played three a little bit of three a little bit of seven didn't like either of them and then i played 13-2, a little bit of 10-2, and Lightning. God, that so is I'm, so weird. That right? Is, <laughs> I love it. I played 13-2 because I had to review it. Right. Susan, I think you'd really like 9. That's that, the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to, uh, you know, being able to dip in and get the experience. I'm, I'm yeah. I, Like, I want to see 8 and 9, and what's the one with the bunny girl? That 12. is 12. Okay, that, is 12, that, yes. that I want to see. You that. would hate 8 more than any other game. Wow. I you would hate everything about eight would make you so angry. The dude has a okay. one of the dudes has a neck tattoo. The other guy, uh 80% it's, of his dialogue is ellipses. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's imagine so you know how the persona characters are the teenagers you love? Uh-huh. Oh, what no. if they made a game about oh, all the teenagers no. you hate? Oh <laughs> yeah. no. That's okay. that's what it is. That's what, what did you call it? The worst, the, or was it the worst or the best episode of Dawson's Creek ever? I I, I said both of those things. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because both things are true. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at a John Agnello. You can find me at my day job VentureBeat.com. Uh, if you're coming to PAX East, uh, I'm gonna be there, rolling deep, representing for VentureBeat, and Susan and I will be. Hanging out, we're on a couple of panels together. We are. I am on six. Six. Good. At, at East. Gravy. Yeah. yeah. That's nothing. Uh, 
You can also find my writing at the AV Club. You can find my luscious voice on another podcast called Video Game Grooves if you like video game music. And if if you like the role-playing games, I'm on the most recent episode of U.S. Gamers RPG podcast, Acts of the Blood God. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, talking about talking about that uh, Xenoblade 2 and Radiant Historia with Cat Bailey and Nadia Oxford. And I will be guest hosting it in May. Oh, goodness. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, if you feel like it, don't do a lot of crack. Just... <laughs> Just a little bit. Don't do any crack. Don't do any crack. No. is yeah. wacko. If you're a teen. If you're a teen. <laughs> oh my god. End of real episode. <laughs> <laughs>